I'm Rachel Balducci. You're listening to Spill the Tea, a product of Augusta University's Department of Communication. Hey everybody, this is Ikea. And Haley. And today we will be discussing the effects of um, sampling music as an artist and writing music as an artist. Um, so, I found a great quote quote, excuse me, by Picasso, and it says, a good artist copies, whereas a great artist steals. And I don't know, I feel like that is low-key controversial in a way. I thought it was a little controversial, too, because whenever I heard you say that quote the first time, I wasn't really sure how he was meaning it. Yeah. And I think that maybe, maybe he's, because he, Picasso was one of, like, the first artists to kind of start painting and releasing mm-hmm. paintings in his style. Yeah, like he created like so foundation. I can feel like maybe it was a job saying like the next great artist were those. Yeah, like maybe. you would have to reference my work in order for yours to quote unquote, you know, be great. <laughs> I don't know, that's just my interpretation. So, um, yeah, so we're talking about the effects of sample music, as I mentioned before. So, um, the first good artist that we were discussing was Jack Carlo. He just recently, well, earlier part of this year, I believe in may he released a single called first class and um he sampled uh fergie's 2007 like hot 100 um single called glamorous and um i feel like it did really really good like really fast it was on the billboards and you know it charted it definitely rose him i feel like further into stardom and i feel like that's probably one of like the best examples of music sampling from like recently because of how he did do it and how he did go about getting permission to use that sample of music, yeah. which I feel like is a big part of this conversation. Yes. Um, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, what are you going to say? <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, because um, we, well, we did a lot of research, because it's a lot of things with sampling that not, I don't think a lot of people get or understand. Like, it's a, it's a lot of work that goes into producing a song itself, but also getting, like, the paperwork and the clearance for it. Um, we recently found out that not only did he have to, um, not of course, talk to Fergie and be like, hey, I need, I need this, I need to use the sample for the song, <laughs> but also talk to Ludacris because he's a um, featured in the uh, glamorous uh, single, but also talk to the writers. I believe um, there's like six writers on the song itself, but you really have to get clearance because they are also a part of the project, which I think is pretty cool. Um, some little like back, background information with like how copyright works it's different for different platforms like i know for like instagram you can only lose like use 20 seconds of a song snippet i believe yeah. we looked up that you can only lose like 30 percent of a song i mean excuse me 10 percent and only 30 seconds um of course with copyright the um, main idea is you know get it cleared create whatever you create and release it so that's like where the, um, it's Spotify, YouTube, um, Tidal, Apple Music, and if you're Kanye, if you're Kanye, if you're Kanye you'll use Stem Player. Never heard of her, but anyways. <laughs> but yeah, like back with um, Jack Harlow, I feel like it did really good. Um, it held number one on the Billboard's Hot 100 um, versus um, Kendrick Lamar and Morgan Wallen, and um, it was top 10, which I feel like for him, when we talk about effect in sampling music, that he did really good. You know, it worked out in his favor. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. I think, I feel like there's definitely a right and wrong way to go about sampling music. Of course. And I think he went about it the right way. And I know, 
Like, I was, like, curious, like, why he chose mm-hmm. to use that song from 2007, yeah, 2007. you know, Fergie's number one hit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what made him want to use that song for a hit today? And in an interview, he was talking about when he was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. he wanted to sing that song for the talent show. Yeah, I remember and that. And they told him, no, you can't sing that song. It's too explicit. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess he just never really let go of him wanting to be able to sing that song for an audience. Yeah. And the way he ended up doing it and making it into his own song after, of course, getting permission by the original artist, yeah. I feel like it was kind of the perfect way for him to go about doing that. Yeah. Follow your dream, kids. Heal your inner Follow child. Your go for it. For sure. Um, and then I found something really interesting in one of his interviews. So I'm about to break down why Jack Harlow said he picked um, Glamorous. Okay, I, kind of, I found it funny. So, <laughs> of course, he only used the um, chorus part, chorus part of the song, which obviously that's the only part he could use. Um, so Glamorous, G-L-A-M-O-R-U-S. Jack said for G, Jack sees himself as a gangster. Um, whatever okay. a gangster looks like, I guess it's Jack Harlow. If that's a 21st century gangster, I guess we'll go for yeah, it. We'll go for it. I'll go for it. Whatever. And then the L, because he's from um, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, you know, they throw up the L, I guess, with their celebrations for Louisville, I guess. That's why he said he, you know, that's why I guess he connected to it. Okay. And then the AM part, Jack likes to have, how can I put this without it? Jack does not wake up and drink a cup of coffee. No, he doesn't read the newspaper, you know, read a book or anything. He was referencing intercourse. He likes to have intercourse in the morning. So that's that part. I guess maybe the song was a little explicit. Yeah. Maybe his fifth grade teacher knew what she was talking about. Maybe, you know, that's why he wasn't doing anything. I don't know. And then, of course, you got the rest of the letters, O-R-U-S, and that's where Fergie finishes out in the song itself, which I just, I was glad he did that. I was glad he left at least part of Fergie, like, singing the song in there instead of just, like... Because he could have went the whole word and just ran it out. Yeah, but I was glad he did still include that because it immediately gave me flashbacks to, you know, like you said, first grade on the way to school. Yeah, like, in your mom's backseat car, I'm like, okay, this is pretty... I don't know what she's talking about, but it sounds good. It sounds good, yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, this is one artist that used sampling music in a very, very good way, and I feel like it benefited his career in a major way. It it was very impactful. Um, Another um, reference we do have is Lil Wayne, uh, his single Six Foot, Seven Foot, which also reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 and peaked at number two on both the hearts, R&B, and hip-hop and rap song charts. Yeah. I remember when that song released. I think it was middle school. Yeah, I remember that too. And I, I, whenever I heard it, I didn't notice at first that it was a sample. Yeah. I like I didn't realize until, like, maybe, like, like years a year later. Like, yeah. For me, it was recent. I was in, like, Planet Fitness, and I was like, I know this song. But it was, okay, so he sampled... Um, Harry Belafonte's Day um, Day of the Banana Boat song. And I did not know. And that's a Caribbean song. Yeah. It was first it was first recorded in 1952 mm-hmm. by Edric Connor in the Caribbeans. Yeah. That was like the first initial releasing of the song. But then Belafonte's version is just slightly more recognizable, like among like everybody. It's the it's usually what's like played in like grocery stores, yeah. like when you if they or in the car, like if you do hear that song. Um but it's also been included like in films, it was in Tim Burton's 1988 movie Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. the original song. I do remember that. And so I feel like this is another example of good sampling. A good sample, especially Plus, Lil Wayne is a legend, and you know, hip hop community. Yeah. I might be biased, but that's it. I yeah.
different artist in some of his music, and I feel like he's also another one of those artists who goes about it the right way. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, in this song, like I said, if we didn't, neither of us noticed at first. No, he's very good at, like, reverbing the track, mm-hmm. coming up with his own lyrics, and, like, kind and of... And making his own meaning, although his foundation was off someone else's foundation. Yeah. But um, I thought it was pretty cool, though, honestly. Um, and then Belafonte, you know, he noted in the original song, belongs to any person, certainly not himself, which I feel like it just based off the artist. Like, hey, maybe that might have not been his intention. Like, oh, I created this song, and maybe one day somebody else will sample it. You know, it just kind of happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> But he ends up saying, it's not my song. It's a song that belongs to millions of people in the Caribbean. He said, an ancient work song that people of which my family... Um, was one of them, um, which he goes into like history. They was being like plantation workers, and you know they sang throughout the day. Which music is a very, very topic that's like used to like get you through the day. I know I love yeah. music. Point it's a universal day. language. Yes, um, which is very, very good. So yeah, so with Jark Harlow um, and then Lil Wayne, those are one of our like main two artists that used sampling. It's, it's many more, but these are the two that we focused yeah. on. Uh, they use sampling in a good way. Now, of course, we have... Oh, my, I was just going to include that. Mm-hmm. Like, Belafonte, whenever he did hear Lil Wayne's version of the song, mm-hmm. he he liked it. You yeah. know, he, he liked listening to it, and he thought it was awesome that younger generations were picking up music like mm-hmm. that and carrying it on and making it their own. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that, that was, like, a really good way for him to do it. And, like, you know, getting the acknowledgement yeah. from Belafonte, you know, that... And I think some artists don't realize you have to get the acknowledgement and the acceptance, the clearance from the original yeah, artist. That's probably one of the most like important. It's like basically paying respects. And that's where a lot of people, well, a lot of artists get that part wrong. Which leads them to the next topic of our you know, discussion. Um, so, of course, I have another quote. I like quoting things. Um, it's by T.S. Eliot who's a poet, um, stated, immature poets imitate, mature poets steal, bad poets deface what they take, and good poets make it into something better or at least something different. Let's talk about Kanye. Let's talk about Kanye. (laughs) Of course, in 2021, he released um, Donda, which was originally released on, like, the mainstream service and not, what was that, uh, Stem Player? Whatever. Stem Player. No, I've never heard of that. Anyways, but it's Kanye. Um, So he released Donda 2, uh, I believe like early this year, but nobody knew anything about it because it was ineligible on the Billboard charts. And he also is getting, well, he's accused and also like, I think he's currently in uh, like a whole little dispute thing, um, but using a part of Marshall Jefferson's 1986 hit Move Your Body um, at least 22 times in his track. Flowers. 22 times. 22 times. I know that's above the 10%. That's not just in the chorus. <laughs> that's just my, oh, wow, I created, no, I believe you just did not care. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it didn't get charted on anything because it's on stem playing, and obviously I don't know what that is. I don't know. You don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. So I, that was one that's like really unsuccessful. Um, so yeah, um, but due to the fact that his song is on stem player, he violated not only he didn't get clearance from um, Marshall's hit, but he also violated like Billboard's, um, I guess, qualifications of releasing songs or whatever, which is Kanye. He kind of like was dismissive about the whole thing. He's like, oh, well, I made more of like, um, this is more so my song than his. And it's like, 
but it originally wasn't yours, so technically. If your song, like that's a big thing to realize is, even if you do do your best to make it your own, that song still wouldn't even be able to like come into fruition if the original song didn't exist. Yeah. You wouldn't, you would not have come up with that yourself. No. You can you, say you would you have. You had to listen to something else in order to, for it to spark your creation, yeah. creativity, I suppose. Yeah, that's just one that's like on the bad side. He just literally did not clear anything. Like he just took it up. This is my own, and I don't know I, from what I've read and seen. I don't know if he was trying to be malicious or there was any malintent at all. But like, why didn't you release Donna Two on like the mainstream services? You if like you maybe just, he knew. Like I feel like he knew it wasn't going to be as successful because he didn't. I maybe he didn't want to do the work of clearance. I know it takes a little bit of time because you got to get in contact with their management. Maybe their artist isn't, like, on social media or whatever, however you can, like, easily contact them. I don't know their part of the world, but I don't, I don't think he tried. Yeah, I don't, it's just, it, it's important to, for every artist to remember that, like, you have exclusive rights to your music. Mm-hmm. You would fight for the exclusive rights to exactly. your music, just like every single other artist would do the same. Yes. And I, I feel like different artists like Kanye West, they kind of take advantage of that. Yes. And so like, I'm Kanye. That, he said it like, I'm Kanye. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> this is Haley. Haley, and what about it? What about it? What, like, what's your point? But no, like, I just don't feel like you try at all. And it's kind of like a slap in the face to um, a Marshall Jefferson. I don't know much about his music, but it's still a slap in the face, I feel like. Because yeah. even Kanye himself has had artists sample his music. And I don't, I don't, I have never heard he ever had any problems with it. But, like, he himself has had other artists sample his music. And he does a lot of sampling. Obviously, <laughs> but just, if he had an, another artist sample his music, yeah, and then that artist who sampled his music started making more money off that song than he did off of his original piece, then he would get mad. Kanye okay, would be then all there would all be a lawsuit. Twitter. There would be copyright allegations on yeah. every social media platform. <laughs> it would be a big thing. It would be a big thing. So yeah, that's just one instance of just like what not to do. Upcoming okay. artists, please. Get get clear before you do it. Get him Even if it's a cover. People don't talk about covers. Especially if it's a cover. Even if it's just getting posted on what SoundCloud or um YouTube, even if it's a cover, you still have to get some type of clearance. Even if it's minor. Um, so yeah. Anyways, kind lovers, listeners, sorry, but your boy did not do that. Not right on this that round. Time. Not, on this, not round. on this round. But um <laughs> so the second artist that um and it's like one of my favorite songs. I'm not really He's not one of my favorite artists, but um, so the next person we're talking about who could have done it a different way, not more so technically the artist, but the people that he was working with kind of messed him up. So the next um, artist is 50 Cent, um, and it's his single in the club. Now, it did do good. Um, I believe I put that okay. His uh, debut studio studio album because he did release this song in his um 2003 movie Get Rich or Die Trying. Have you ever seen that movie? I feel like I had to a long time ago. <laughs> it's like it's old because I believe he's like one of the writers and producers. Obviously, it's like yeah. tells basically like his life story and he he goes and like releases like I guess what he tells the background of his story how I made this song how I made this song basically. Okay, Almost like a movie about his that. life. Yeah. yeah, and then it just goes on about it. But yeah, so In the Club, which is um, his debut studio album from Get Rich and I Try. Um, it, was previous, uh, it was produced by Dr. Dre and Mike Elizondo. 
hope I said it right. I'm so sorry if I did. Um, and then January 2003, as the album um, lead single peaked at number one of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, become its 50 Cent's first number one single. So, great, cool, congratulations, yay. Welcome Thank you. He, yeah. he, I believe 50 Cent is like one of the, one of the greatest rappers. I say he's one of the greatest, but he's in that list. Um, so, it's a, um, another rapper. I've never heard of him. He might be a background rapper. I don't know if that's disrespectful. He's a background rapper. His name is Luther Campbell. Um, he went on later to sue 50 Cent for allegedly lifting the quote-unquote birthday intro from their single, It's Your Birthday. I don't know if y'all, It's Your Birthday. You wanna, yeah, that song, which is literally on TikTok now, getting like streams and stuff. Like, it's a part, a clip. Um, so, he ended up like trying to sue him Basically saying, oh, you know, you stole the basically melody and the rhythm of our song, It's Your Birthday, to put in the club. Which I, I went and listened to, and I was like, mm, that's a reach. I can see how you, you know, can misconstrue that part. But it's just like with copyright and then sampling, it gets a little bit tricky. Which I'll end up, like, going and talking about another artist who kind of didn't, like, realize the melody and the tone and the rhythm. But, um... So, anyways, he's tried to sue 50 Cent, and then the U, um, U.S. District Judge, judge excuse me, Paul C. Huck, found that um, it was just a phrase. It's not that he used the whole, like, rhythm and, and used also music and put it in his song and then try to claim it his own. But he said um, the phrase was common, unoriginal, and non-copyrightable element of the song. It was not entitled to copyright protection. Anyone can say it's your birthday. If We've you can been really, singing happy birthday for how long? Forever. Forever. Like, do you know how many people have different birthdays? It's a, it's, a, it's a happy birthday song with Coco Melon. Uh, <laughs> Sesame Street. It's a different It's Your Birthday, happy birthday type thing. So I don't, with that one, I wouldn't necessarily say it was bad, but the way the other rapper tried to go about it, I don't think he understood copyright laws himself, which is essentially supporting of the topic. You must understand copyright laws and how it works and using other people's works. Um, okay, and so um, although the judge threw out the case, um, later Fiddy, who is also another rapper with Luther Campbell, he tried to sue um, Rick Ross for using In The Club beat on a freestyle track, which is why I mentioned if you try to do like covers and freestyles, you also have to get some type of clearance. You're using someone else's work. and But then again, that too was dismissed um, because this is where 50 Cent tried to sue uh, Rick Ross for that. He just literally got out of being sued, so he tried to sue someone else for using his track, which that someone else was Rick Ross, who was also a rapper. Uh, but 50 Cent doesn't own the copyright for that big song, so it left him, you know, just out in the open, high and dry which I found crazy and oh, interesting okay. at the same time. Like, wow, he lost the whole appeal. Um, and this went on for five years. I don't know, I kind of think it went up and down in the media. Like, oh, 50 Cent might win. And it was like, no, 50 Cent would definitely lose. <laughs> but just, yeah. It shows how big, of, how big of a part sampling music has in the industry. Yeah, like, people literally get, like, 2 million to, like, 10 million lawsuits against them. Like, just for, just for like, when you could just follow the rules and use only 10%, 30 seconds of the song. Yeah. If you know it's 31, cut it cut short. It. <laughs> cut it right Cut it short. Here. Add it. I don't know, ad lib or something. I don't know what to tell you. But, um, yeah, so, basically, and then, what another part of this uh, that I thought was really interesting, when I said artists don't, I don't feel like some artists take the, the extra role or the initiative to like 
get the copyright clearance. Get the copyright clearance. But also, I don't believe some artists are um, musically diverse. Whereas, like, oh, they can be in the studio, as the rappers would say, cooking it up. Like, you know, cooking it up. Like, oh, I made a beat. It sounds really good, blah, blah, blah. But that same beat that you quote unquote made can literally sound like another song. Which, oops, sorry. Um, which can sound like another um, artist song, which I have an example, Queen Naja. I know we had, like, talked about her briefly. Um, and she Well, she's a YouTuber that also turned into, like, a mainstream artist. She went through, like, this little legal battle um, with her song, Karma. Um, the melody, it sounds like a gospel song, which the gospel song is You Don't Know My Story. And um, initially, it blew up on social media. Um, even when I heard it, I was like, dang, this sounds like a gospel song. Like, I've heard this before. And I was like, I wonder if they, like, made that connection. And literally, like, the next day, it was all over Twitter and um, Instagram. Like, oh, you stole my song. Basically, he was really saying, oh, you you know, I'm, getting, I'm about to sue you for copyright, which I, nobody else talking about. I think it got dismissed, excuse me. But um, she ended up putting on Twitter, first of all, while I was writing Karma, that gospel song was somewhere in my mind. Y'all act like people can't think of the same melody and trust me, that melody ain't nothing crazy. People would take anything and run with it. And I just feel like as an artist, you didn't think, like, there's no way that people in that studio, when you were singing it, creating it, if I mean as just a listener, automatically thought of you automatically thought the, of the gospel song. There's no way in the studio that nobody else thought of it, unless they're not, quote unquote, musically diverse. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I definitely understand that. I feel like as a musician, it's kind of imperative that you have an ear towards other music mm-hmm. and like noticing beats, noticing mel- melodies, and seeing the similarities. Like not only like for her needing to notice that for her own music, but yeah. and for future notice if she's sitting somewhere and she hears another song that's playing, and they take her work. Yeah, she would not be happy know? about it at all. Or if she like would just think, oh, you know, like we can share. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> oh, it's fine. That'd be cool with it. And then I'm, I'm this is just opinion based because it's she's an R and B singer, whereas this is gospel. Two different roles. Different sides of drag, honestly. I don't know if she thought maybe it didn't matter. But like I said, there's no way I listened to it and automatically thought of this church song. Because I listen to gospel music too. But I literally thought of this and I'm just like, that has to be a thing and it will be. I don't know. This is what I mean, like some artists don't take that initiative to just like listen like oh does this sound like something you heard before i wanted to sound like unoriginal i wanted to be my own work so i'm you know i just think that's very important um especially with copyright sampling music anything of the sort so yeah i think that's i think we hit all the key points i think so basically if you are going to sample music get permission please get that sampling clearance yes Make sure you're doing it right. There is a right way, there is a wrong way. So just make sure you're on the right there side of the line. There's definitely a wrong way, and don't think it can't happen to you because it can. Especially if you don't take the initiative to do it the right way. So, yeah. All right, thank you for listening. Bye, y'all.